How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Easy Peasy Podcast. Uh, this is episode four, possibly five. Um, so last night I <clears throat> I went to the pub and I got a bite to eat and I was about to take off and, and got chatting with this guy and um, you know, basically he he needed a lift and and he seemed real interesting and and I asked him, I was like, can I interview you for a podcast? Like, I'll give you a ride, you know? And, uh, <laughs> like, do you got anything to do here tonight? Like, he's from out of town, right? He's just staying a night or two in, in Indy. He said he'd lived in all these crazy places. And, you know, the interview was interesting. You know, we were both a little bit tipsy. So, it, you know, I'm not sure how well, <laughs> how well it went, um, I might have to edit that one a bit, like chop it down, because I think there were parts that were just kind of lame. Um, but there might be some good stuff in there. So in any event, I'm not sure if this is going to be episode four or five, but who cares? And today I'm going to talk about flow. <clears throat> flow theory. The state of flow. It's a state of consciousness is what I'm talking about. Now, if you've never heard of flow theory... Um, you probably haven't been listening to me for long or haven't known me very long because I, I talk about flow all the time, especially when I'm on mushrooms because <laughs> I think flow puts you there. Um, or I'm sorry, I think mushrooms put you there. But basically, flow is this concept of like of this state of mind that we can achieve, right? And it's, an, it's a highly effective state of mind or state of consciousness. It's where we're in the zone, okay? In the zone. You know the feeling. Like, you're doing something you're good at. There's just enough challenge to meet your level of skill, right? And you enter this state of being in which you are completely just, just rocking and rolling, you know? You're not having to think much. You're just executing. You're, you're, you're doing it without having to think about it much. And sometimes if you really, really get deep into flow state and you're doing it for a long period of time, you know, time becomes completely irrelevant. Um, it's a pretty wild thing. It's like, have you ever had that happen? Say you're working on a project and it's something you're, you're really into and, uh, and all of a sudden, you know, maybe you started in the in the early evening. You look up and it's like ten thirty, and you haven't even had dinner, and you realize you're freaking hungry, right? And it's like, holy shit, where has the time gone? You know, we like to say time flies when you're having fun. Well, I don't, I don't know if that's true because, in some ways, I mean, it seems counterintuitive, but like, it depends on what you're doing I've had flow experiences where time did fly and it's I think the more active types of experiences but then I've had days right where I where I've been in flow the entire day you know maybe I'm with someone special and uh, you know maybe we've got nowhere to go nowhere to be and maybe we're just flying by the seat of our pants and maybe we're going for a hike in the woods and it takes us two or three hours to cover two miles because we're looking at everything and maybe that's because we might have eaten a mushroom or two 
<laughs> but that's flow, you know, and that is where time seems to slow down as opposed to speed up. It's this like, it's this sort of um, counterintuitive thing where in the moment things feel like they're just, they're, they're going slow. But then in hindsight, you look back and say, wow, wow, look at how much I did today. Look, and, and it, and it's over. I wish this day could keep going. You know, that's, it's a very bizarre feeling, but that's, that's part of flow. Now, <clears throat> flow was first kind of popularized by this guy, Mihai. How do you say his name? Let's see here. <sighs> Mihai Chisinck Mihai, I think is how you say it. Um, he's a he was a positive psychologist, and he believed that basically anybody could could change their well-being by simply change, changing the contents of their consciousness. Um, you know, kind of a kind of an optimistic type of you know ideal, but his idea of psychology was that you know you could improve life by improving simply the way we think. Okay, and I kind of like that idea. Now he talked about flow theory using this chart, using this graph, I should say. Now I'm going to try to describe this graph, which is not necessarily easy to do um, via audio, but let's see what what we can do here. So we've got this graph with, you know, X, Y axes and axes. And on the bottom, it says skill. And on the left, it says challenge. Okay. These are your axes. And across the graph running diagonal is this thick bar takes up maybe a third of the, of the interior space of the graph, but it's running diagonally two parallel lines. And above the bar, it says anxiety below the bar boredom okay so basically the idea is if you are a dot and the day you are born you start there at, at the at the apex at the at the intersection of these axes um i'm actually not sure if it's axes or axes i'm not sure which is correct there somebody tell me <laughs> doesn't matter too much but you know you start as a dot right there at the intersection and you start moving diagonally, you know, in the same direction as this flow channel, as this flow bar. And you're a wave and you kind of, at times you'll go up towards that anxiety area above the bar. And then at times you'll drop down towards that boredom area. But when you're a kid, you're very rarely, um, extremely bored. I'll put it that way. At least I believe, I think kids rarely are bored because they're learning so much, right? And I don't think they get too anxious as long as we do our jobs, um, sort of as the adults in their lives. They they should not have to, they should not have to tolerate intense anxiety. You know, if they do, that's our fault. So they kind of tend to be in flow, kids. And it's why you know we were talking about this, me and some guys, at one point we were talking about why is it that kids always seem to think that like time just lasts forever, right? It's like it's like you. You were always waiting for summer break and it felt like it wasn't coming. And like when summer break came, it felt like it just lasted forever, right? But as you get older, that kind of that kind of reverses. And I said, it's all about flow. It's because kids are in flow, right? And basically, just a moment here. I want to make sure I'm recording. Yeah. Um, 
basically like kids are in flow all the time. At least a healthy, happy kid is. And they're always in that area where their their skills are being are being sort of met with the challenge of of growing up. But we kind of stagnate as adults in some regards. At least many of us do. You know, you kind of stop educating yourself. You you get a job that you're comfortable in and and you stop being challenged um, on a regular kind of basis. And, and I think the result is that we basically end up oscillating between anxiety and boredom, searching for challenge, searching for new skill, but we're never allowing ourselves to actually attain the challenge or attain the skill. Now, I don't know if this is making a whole lot of sense to you guys, but just imagine yourself as that dot on this graph. You know, and as a kid, it's a nice smooth wave just in that flow channel. You know, at times being a little bit more anxious, at times being a little more bored, but nothing too bad. And then you get to your teenage years, you know, all of a sudden you start you start spending a little more time up there in anxiety. You know, you're you're kind of self conscious. You don't know, you know, what your peers think of you, and you know, you're trying to figure yourself out, figure everybody else out. You know, and maybe you're dropping into boredom as like a uh, as like a coping mechanism right you're so anxious all day at school you come home and you know teenagers sleep a lot and I think maybe that's part of why I mean obviously puberty just like takes a toll physically but emotionally too you, you almost have to like balance out the anxiety with boredom just just to keep your keep your sanity and you know as you move beyond teenage years you get into young adulthood you start being able to manage yourself a little bit better maybe um but again like we can find ourselves just jumping back and forth anxiety boredom anxiety boredom you go to work you're anxious you come home you're bored and and that's not a good way to live you know and maybe what you do is you compensate by just saying fuck it i'm gonna be bored i'd rather be bored than anxious so you always stay kind of below your level of challenge that that really you could you could do just for the sake of not making yourself anxious. But if we can conceptualize this this mechanism of, of our brain, I think we can use it and we can we can become conscious of the flow that we find ourselves in. Ever since I've studied flow theory, I've I've noticed when I've been in flow. And if you can notice it, you can you can sort of honor it you can recognize it and you can try to hold it and you can try to figure out how did I get here and what can I do next time and I hope this is all coming through guys because I think this is I think this is important shit okay flow theory not a lot of people have been talking about you know I learned about it in a class called get this foundations of leisure Mm. That's a good class. Mm-hmm. Razul Mowat, one of my favorite professors. He was a cool, cool motherfucker. Actually, I ran into him at the post office not that long ago. <laughs> and I told him he was a good, good teach. But yeah, he's one of the guys that told me I should fucking go to grad school. I was like, huh? Hmm, let me think about that. Mm, probably not. <laughs> I'd rather be out in the world, brother. But, you know, academia is cool, too. Maybe I'll find my way back there. But I appreciated him teaching us about flow theory. 
because I think it applies to fucking everything. You know, and to take a class called Foundations of Leisure to study outdoor recreation, parks, and human ecology. You know, it's too bad, but that program has been sort of dissolved and incorporated into other things like environmental sciences. And it bums me out, man, because it was a cool program, really cool professors, really cool classes. And and I took a couple environmental education, or I'm sorry, environmental sciences. Maybe they're environmental management courses. And I, I think it was kind of all the... That was all the nonsense, really. That was all the doom and gloom and the, frankly, like, left-wing propaganda. Um, I don't want to seem like I'm (laughs) right-wing here. I'm just saying, like, it was not a very balanced viewpoint a lot of times in in these environmental management courses, but my outdoor rec courses were so much more pragmatic and so much more based in reality how do we manage parks how do we manage camps how do we how do we get you know how do we get kids engaged in the outdoors how do we get you know people of color engaged in the outdoors how do we how do we develop an appreciation for nature in a very concrete way as opposed to environmental management was you know how do we tax the shit out of people and how do we how do we write a bunch of rules and how do we how do we get everybody to stop eating meat right that was like a real discussion it's like no no you go ahead you can stop but the day you tell me to stop you know you can ask nicely and i can say no politely but no forcing that one i have every right to eat meat okay if you think i'm cruel Vegans, I'm probably going to talk some shit about veganism on this podcast. I'm not going to lie. I think it's a twisted mentality. I think it's a, I, I see the, I see the motivation. I see where it begins. I also see where it goes. You don't want to eat meat because justifiably the meat mostly has been raised terribly. So yeah, you don't want to support that. Neither do I. But to say that eating meat in across the board is 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 in some way immoral or unjust or yeah you know I'd like you to jump in a time machine and go back a hundred thousand years and see how long you can get by on your vegan diet living in living in the shit you know <laughs> no I don't mean to go off on a tangent there but. Part of, the, part of the reason I don't like veganism is because I think it 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 leads to a a starved brain. You know, I think our brains need fat. They need to consume fatty lipids. You know, like our brain is nothing but fat. Nearly, it's fat and neurons. And if we're eating a diet that is not like nutritionally complete, which I do not believe veganism is a nutritionally complete diet. You know, you can eat nothing but red meat and you'll be fucking healthy as an ox. If you eat nothing but leafy greens, on the other hand, you're going to be pretty, pretty sorry, pretty sad looking. (laughs) You know, it's just the facts. 
So nothing against anybody personally if you follow a vegan diet, but I highly encourage you to think, you know, consider pescatarian um, or or just I guess vegetarian. You know, you can do a lot with just eggs and you know maybe dairy. Um, you know, you don't have to eat meat, but you need to eat animal proteins. That's a fact. Animal cells. Um, that's how we were evolved. I'm just saying. And if you're, like I said, if you're starving your brain of nutrients, how are you ever going to find flow? How are you ever going to re- reach this level of balance where you're optimally positioned, you know, to, to live your best life? The fact is, it's not about being more productive or being, you know, making more money or, you know, getting more hours of productivity out of the day. It's a simple fact of enjoying your life. I think flow can be facilitated either, you know, through work or through leisure. Ideally you're in flow 90% of the day. Think about it. If you're, if you're a, a creature in the natural world, say you're a deer in the forest, you're basically in flow all the time, just browsing, sleeping, taking care of your kids, like whatever you're doing throughout your deer day, you know, taking a nice long nap, you're in flow. The, the only time you snap out of flow is when there's danger. You snap up into anxiety, you become super sort of alert. And there's actually something here, I almost wasn't sure I'd talk about it, but there's something about your vision that goes along with this um, very much tied in with flow I believe it's called wide angle versus narrow angle vision okay now most of us are not conscious of this right you you switch back and forth between wide and narrow all the time and you're not even thinking about it but if you can become aware of it again it's one of these it's almost a tool that we can we can tuck in our tool belt we understand this part of our biology so therefore we know how to use it now wide versus narrow angle vision okay think about this it's again it's sort of most commonly when people experience wide angle vision it's when they're kind of zoning out okay now i want to be clear that there's sort of there's a distinction between being in the zone right flow and zoning out you know which i think is more like boredom Um, but just for the example of the vision thing, think about when you zone out and your vision sort of goes blurry. Now that's almost taking it a little too far, I believe, but if you can find this sweet spot and I I recommend what you do is you kind of hold your hands up to the sides of your face to where you can just see them in the periphery, right? And you can do this right now if you're not too embarrassed, but put your hands up and wiggle your fingers just in the periphery of your vision, right? So they're about 180 degrees to the to the side of your face, right? You know, they're, we're creating a line of our hands and our head. And then we're wiggling our fingers. We're, we're drawing our consciousness towards the wiggling fingers. And if you can do this and you can sort of lock in to where you are almost more conscious of the periphery than you are of the center of your vision... This is called wide angle vision. And you may find that you lose a little bit of um, sort of the crisp clarity of the vision. But what, what happens is you become more attuned 
to things like movement and and slight slight variations things out of place you 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 snap into sort of pattern recognition mode as opposed to acute detailed vision mode now the reason for this is when we're sitting on the edge of the savanna you know under a tree waiting to see you know our our wild game come forward to 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 hunt we we're sitting relaxed we're sitting in wide angle vision we're we're soaking in all of the surroundings. You know, when you're in wide-angle vision, your your hearing becomes more acute. Your sense of smell becomes more acute. Now, when you do see that little that little rustle in the in the grass, you don't want to get so excited so quick that you startle the the potential prey animal. So, what we were designed, what we were evolved to do was to very subtly switch from wide angle into narrow angle vision. And without moving a muscle of our body, you'd be sitting perfectly still. You would snap into narrow angle vision. You would bring your eyes over to that area and watch with detail to see, is that, in fact, prey? Or perhaps it was just a, I don't know, a bird, something small. So like I said, you don't get too excited. You, you just zoom in. You zoom in on that area without moving, without, without raising your heart rate. You know, imagine you're sitting, your heart rate's at about 55 beats a minute, maybe less. Total resting heart, heart rate. But the moment, the moment you decide that is in fact prey, you know, you, you, you sort of slowly let your body kind of bring its blood pressure up you you sharpen your vision you draw your bow and you release you know in that moment you're kind of all of that you're in flow i believe but you're going from the bottom edge of the bar near boredom as you're sitting in wide angle and when the moment comes you're allowing your your physiology to come up and you're allowing your brain to come hyper aware and you're coming up towards that top end of the bar anxiety but you're not going across the flow channel you're still right there you're using everything now i don't want to just ramble about this guys but I, I hope you can see why this stuff is kind of important right i think this is important when it comes to how do we live a better life we have to understand flow we have to understand wide angle vision because when you have the opportunity, you know, you go sit down. You, you, you sometimes need to, you know, recreate these scenarios. We call it recreation, okay? There's a reason we love to be on boats and docks and, you know, lake houses. And it's because we love to see water. And there's a reason we tend to, tend to simulate sort of the edge between forest and prairie with our with our landscapes we often do this without even knowing it right but the reason is these are the places that humans felt comfortable right between the forest and the grasslands right on the edge of the water this is the perfect place for human habitat and when we're in these spaces where we can relax you know 
say you're on a walk in the woods, you hike out to a pond, you sit down. That's the perfect place for about an hour to just try to try to sit in wide angle vision. And it's very challenging to do consciously at first. But as you train yourself, which this is something I've done, as you've trained yourself to do this, you can actually get quite proficient and you can consciously snap back and forth, wide and narrow, over and over. Now, it kind of wears you out. It actually does wear out your eyes to do this. Um, The switching, I think, is what does it. It's not so much being in one or the other, but I believe wide angle is the resting the resting mode and acute is the active mode and unfortunately most of us spend all day in narrow angle vision we're we're driving to work we're on the computer we're driving home from work we're watching television you know it's it's very rare that we let ourselves just it's kind of like melting into the landscape And it's almost critical that there's no intense stimulation going on. So that's my homework, perhaps, for you, listener. If you've gotten this far into this episode, you must be interested. So why don't you sit outside someplace that you feel comfortable, someplace without too much stimulation. You know, hopefully nobody's running the the lawnmower, maybe, you know, Hopefully, if you if you can do it in your own yard, do it. Maybe it's worth going to a park. Parks are great. And go find a bench somewhere that feels comfortable, ideally with some water in your view. And just sit and just experiment with, with this mode of vision. And I bet you, by playing around with your vision, you can find flow, right? Because you're challenging yourself and you're learning a new skill. And that moment where you feel flow come in, recognize it and hold it and take it with you and try to do it again and again and again. Because I believe the more flow you can find, the better of a human you can be. Now, I want to close out with um, just a couple of quotes about flow because frankly a lot of people have explained it (laughs) more poetically than I have been able to here so um, let's start with the guy that made it popular right Um, this guy Mihai Mihai Chisnik Mihai I believe and he says there's this focus that once it becomes intense leads to a sense of ecstasy sense of clarity you know exactly what you want to do from one moment to the other you get immediate feedback so I like that that's a nice um, way to describe it and that's from his TED talk from 2004 Uh, I've watched it it's definitely worth worth a listen Um, and then here's a couple more so many of you have probably heard of Alan Watts Um, he you know is very well-known sort of transcendental thinker, um, very, very influential in transcendental meditation. Um, Anyways, Alan Watts said, the only way to make sense out of change is to plunge into it. 
and move with it and join the dance. Now that's kind of what flow is all about. You know, the more the more times I've taken mushrooms, <laughs> I don't mean to like it's not me trying to like whatever. But the more times I've taken it, the more I've realized there is this kind of um, dance about us. You know, just watch the trees and the wind, and tell me there's not there's not a breath and a dance being being shared amongst all of the creatures. You know, even even between people, you know, conversation is a dance. Uh, driving is a dance. You, you know, dancing about each other at ninety miles an hour on the highway—that's you know that that's something. <laughs> so, anyways, last one. And I don't know anything about this fella. His name's um, Rainier Maria Rilke. I don't know who that is. Um, Rainer or Rainier? I'm not sure. But he says, May what I do flow from me like a river. No forcing and no holding back. The way it is with children. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's a good one. Um, yeah, guys, so once again, just like flow is kind of important to me personally. I don't know if you give a shit, but like, I think it's so core to what makes us, um, biological creatures like this, this state of, of mind. And I, like I said, I think it's our natural state of being. Like, I think we're only supposed to come out of it in, in moments of intense danger. Um, so I just I, I'd encourage you to play around, like I said, um, try to try to cultivate these sensations of timelessness, of, of wide angle vision, of of ceasing to be concerned with what was or what will be, but focused on what is. And if you can do those things, um, I truly believe it it can make you a more fulfilled person. So with that, I'm going to sign out. This has been the easy peasy podcast. I'm your host, Mike Whistler. And, um, yeah, thanks for listening guys. Come back again. Uh, feel free to like, subscribe, comment, all that jazz, you know, trying to get this, uh, this podcast out there. So one love y'all. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.